welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 6th of July 2014, entitled Open Doors Before Us, Part 3. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1-9. to Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'd like to be opening your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we'll be reading verses 1-9. through 9. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's holy word. Beginning in 1 Corinthians 16, 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Father, we thank you again this morning. Lord, as we continue to look into your word today, Lord, we pray that it would be a time, Lord, that you would take and by the power of your spirit that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, as only you can. Father, we thank you for the time that we can have together, for your word that's before us, for your spirit that's within us. Father, now we pray that we can depend upon you, and we just pray that you would do the work that only you can do, that we would be receptive to what you do for us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. We began looking at this passage last week. We thought of the idea of open doors before us. And of course, we find that Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He's giving them instruction here. And of course, I guess that it's very clear as he's writing to them and instructing them that this church is a caring church because he is reminding them that upon the first day of the week that they're to bring their offerings, their tithes into the church house. And of course, we recognize here that then at least some portion of that is going to help out those that are less fortunate, in this case at at Jerusalem and the struggles that they're having there. But of course, Paul tells them that, you know, that he would really like to come to them. He would really, in other words, in his own desire, he wants to spend some time with them, but there's a reason why even though that's what he wants to do, that's not what he can do or is doing because he says that he must stay at Ephesus at least until Pentecost. Why? Because verse 9, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries. Paul was where he was at, doing what he was doing, because God had opened this great 
an effective door of ministry before him. And even though that he might in his flesh like to be doing other things, that was where he needed to be. That was what he needed to be doing. And so that's where he was. And we looked at that last week as we looked at the ministry that Paul had there of some of the, the tremendous things that were taking place, the miracles that were taking place, and also at some of those adversities that he was facing because we talked about these open doors. Paul was there because God had opened a great door before him. And of course, we began to look then, first of all, at some of the open doors that God sets before us. And last Sunday evening during our baptismal service, we looked at the first of those, which is the door of salvation. The first and most important door that God ever opens to any human being is the open door of salvation to be able to be saved. We can't open that door. It's a door that we can't go through. We saw that Jesus Christ himself was that door, that there was no other way to get access into heaven except through Jesus Christ, but that all that came through him would be saved. You can't go through Jesus and come out the same person. And the truth is, is that we looked at a number of things there, and I would just remind you again this morning that if you're here, and if you've gone through that open door of salvation, you know that there's nothing more important taking place in your life. And if you're here this morning, I don't care how much religion you have had or have not had. I don't care how many leaves you've turned over, how good you've tried to be, or anything like that. I say to you clearly, there is only one door to get to heaven. There is only one door to get to God, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the only way. All the religion in the world, we had the pleasure of coming around the Lord's table earlier this morning in the 10 o'clock time. And the thing is, is that all the communions in the world won't get you any closer to heaven if you don't know that one who is being done in remembrance of. I wonder if I ask you this morning, how many doors have you passed through today? If you just stop and think about it, since you got out of bed this morning, how many doors have you passed through before you got here to where you're sitting this morning? How many doors have you passed through in the past week? Can you even begin to comprehend how many doors that you pass through every day of your life? How many doors have you passed through in the life that you have lived? You know, it's amazing that as we think back, there are some of those doors that we remember better than others. Many of them we just pass through without thinking because we're going somewhere. But we can look back even into our younger days and we can think of maybe doors that when we opened them, there was a great surprise on the other side of them. Doors that took us from maybe a place of danger into a place of safety doors sometimes that brought us tragedy. Most kids at some point or another get their fingers shut in a car door or a house door or some kind of a door somewhere along the way, and it leaves a lasting impression. We go through doors all the time. We don't even stop to think about it. It's a, per it's a part of our life. What is the purpose of a door? Doors exist to do one of two things to either give 
access to another area or to deny access to another area. We find that if access weren't needed, it'd just be a solid wall. We wouldn't have gone to the expense to put those two doors right there in the middle at the back if we didn't need to get in and out of this sanctuary. It would have been cheaper just to build the wall straight across and not worried about that door. Doors are there. We find that an open door is our means of entrance into a place, while a closed door denies that entrance. Have you ever gone somewhere? You expected a door to be open, and you realized you were too late. <laughs> Maybe you thought that door would be open, and it would give you access to somewhere but it was already closed and maybe even locked to where it could not be opened. Maybe you thought you had plenty of time, but that wasn't the case. It happens in little things. It happens in big things. I can remember just last week, I thought that I had time because my clock still said that it was five minutes before that Tesco Express was supposed to lock their door. But guess what? I pulled into the car park and I got up there and I went up expecting that door to open and when I pushed, it was locked. Those employees wanted to get out early. And they'd locked that door. I knew it should still be open, but it was closed. Well, thank goodness there was still somewhere else I could go get that milk that we needed so that Janie could have her tea the next morning, amen? But doors sometimes, we expect them to give us entrance, but yet... They're closed. We don't get that interest because we're not the one that's in charge of that door. We're not in control of that door. And of course, we saw some of that last week when we looked in Luke chapter 13 and we saw that Jesus made it very clear that there was a danger of a door being closed. But I want you to look at me, look with me if you would, into the gospel of Matthew chapter 25 where Jesus gives us another story that makes this truth very clear when he is speaking it in his Olivet Discord in Matthew chapter 25. And Jesus wants us to understand this truth. He says there, beginning in verse 1, he says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven... Anybody want to go to heaven? Anybody want to be part of the kingdom of heaven? Well, Jesus said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. 
Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. May I remind you this morning that we are not in control of these doors. These thought they had plenty of time. They thought that they were okay, but in the end, they didn't. And when they came, the door was shut. May I say to you, he doesn't tell us for no reason. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We don't know when Jesus comes. But just like it was in the days of Noah, when the doors of that ark shut, there was no more access. There was no other way in. One day Jesus Christ is coming and when he comes to this earth, that door is closing and those that are not ready, there will be no more access. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how hard that you've worked. I don't care what kind of a name that you've built for yourself. There is no other access and you don't control that door. You might think that you've got plenty of time. You might think that it's still open. But I'm saying to you, the doors in this life are many. And I want to remind you once again, and I'll probably remind you again tonight, and I'll probably remind you every time you walk through these doors, that if you don't go through the door, which is Jesus Christ, there is no hope of the kingdom of heaven for you. I don't care how much I love you or anybody else loves you. I don't care how much that you love those around you. Jesus is the only door the most important door that you'll ever be before in your life is the door of salvation. And let me tell you this, whether you realize it or not, it is the last thing in all the world that you want to miss. You don't want to end up there like these virgins knocking on the door saying, please let me in. You know that I meant well. You know that I went to church. You know that I did all these good things but the door has been closed and it will not open again. God has told you that. You've got to go through the door before it's closed. There is a danger of it being closed before you get there. You need to go through that door. We need to enter the doors. First of all, the door of salvation, but there's a lot of doors in life. And the Lord is the one that opens many of those doors. You know, the problem is so many times we just kind of go through life slinging, going here, just like when I asked you a while ago, how long would you have to sit and think about just how many doors that you went through this morning or this past week? The problem is even in our spiritual life, many times we're just going through all these doors and we're not paying any attention. We're not even thinking about it. We're not even pausing to ask ourselves, is this the door that I should be going through? Is this where I ought to be going with my life right now? I remind you, Paul said that he was in Ephesus because a great and effectual door was opened before him because God had opened the door for him to be there. Where does God want your life to be right now? What does God want to do with your life? Because you see, once that door of salvation is entered through, May I say secondly that we find in Scripture that there's the door of service. 
We don't get saved just to sit down and wait and twiddle our fingers until Jesus comes back for us. He's got to work for us. We've sung about it this morning. We sung that song, Little as Much, when God is in it. You see, I want you to recognize something this morning. Yes, there's a challenge in asking you, had you gone through the doors of service God has? But let me tell you something. God, little is much when God is in it. I don't care what stage of your life you're in. Not too young, not too old. When God does something with you, it's great. It's greater than anything that you'll ever do on this earth. It's greater than anything that any man can do with your life. Little is much when God is in it. We find that I want you to look at a passage in Revelation chapter 3. I probably just briefly mentioned this verse last week. The Church of Philadelphia, representative of a true faithful church. To this church at Philadelphia, he said to it there in verse 8, of Revelation chapter 3, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. Before this church was set an open door. And notice what he says, and no man can shut it. May I say to you, you may not go through the door. But when God opens a door, there is nobody, there is absolutely nothing that can close that door because God's the one that's in control. He's the only one that can open it. He's the only one that can close it. And he said to this faithful church, I have set before thee an open door that no man can close. If you're willing, to come through this door that God has put. You see, that's where Paul was. He'd gone through this great and effectual door that God had opened before him. And yes, the adversaries were great, but the ministry was tremendous. People's lives were being changed because God had opened that door. And they could throw all the adversity they wanted to but they could not close that door that God had opened. And he's telling this church at Philadelphia, I have put before thee an open door and no man can shut it. Why? Sounds kind of strange. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. They were faithful. It wasn't because they were so strong in themselves. He said they had a little strength, but little as much when God is in it. They were using what they had for him, and therefore he opens this great door of ministry before them, and he goes on to explain some of the things that he's going to do through that church. You see, just as that open door was set before this faithful church of Philadelphia, Christ has set open doors before you, before this church, before us today. And I just want to say to you, we've talked about spiritual warfare a couple of weeks back. We've talked about how that we've got to put on that armor. We're in a battle and there is no question about it. If you're saved, you're going to be in that battle. But I want you to recognize that God, in the midst of this battle, yes, there were adversaries 
But when God opens a great and effective door before us, nobody can close it. We find that I want to just mention a couple of those doors. You see, one door that he opens before every Christian is the door of witnessing. <laughs> Evangelizing the lost. There's not a person here that can't do that. Notice what he said to the church at Corinth a little later in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Notice what he says beginning in verse 10. He says, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You see, he's writing to the group. We're thinking about this open door of witness, but he's saying to him, look, you need to be willing to forgive. I know you can look around and you can find a lot of reasons that, you know, that you're not going to do anything. But he said, you need to forgive just like you've been forgiven. I'm forgiving you. You forgive those. Because if not, you're going to give Satan an advantage. Furthermore, he says, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened unto me of the Lord... I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. I want you to realize he's talking here about the door of the gospel that was open. You don't always have to enter that door, but what we need to recognize is the Lord and the Lord alone is the one that opens that door of the gospel. Yes, if we're going to be an effective church, if we're not going to give Satan an advantage for us to be able to, to be able to have that opportunity of even going through that door of the gospel, of passing that wonderful message to others, then yes, the way that we treat each other, our attitudes, our spirits are vital in this. But Jesus Christ himself, he's the one. But you see, just as we find here that he's making it very clear because he said there, a door was opened unto me of the Lord. To what? To preach Christ's gospel. Now notice just a few pages over in your Bible in the book of Colossians again. And in Colossians chapter 4, notice what he says there in verses 2 to 4. Colossians chapter 4. He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, what? That God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. You see, not only do we need to recognize that it is only the Lord that can open that door of the gospel, that it could be given to anyone. We are to earnestly be praying for those doors to open. Paul was praying that those doors would be opened, that he would have an opportunity to preach the gospel to others. So many times the doors are open, the opportunities are there. We have the most wonderful privilege in the world. God has opened the door for the gospel to be presented and if we're not careful, we pass it right by. I remember reading 
I remember reading an account of a pastor, a pastor from San Antonio, Texas, in a big Baptist church there. And of course, he was lamenting over something because he was thinking back to a young boy by the name of Sirhan Sirhan. Does that name ring a bell with anybody? At the age of 24 years old, Sirhan Sirhan was the one that took the gun and assassinated Senator Robert Kennedy as he was making a run for the President of the United States. Sirhan Sirhan, as a young boy, had spent three years in that church. And this pastor said the, the thing that kept going through his mind as, as a nation was grieving was that did we somehow miss him? Did somebody miss him? He was there. Could that church have done anything more? I don't know. He didn't know. I guess the fear was is that so many times the opportunity is there. These young kids that are out here on the streets, they come through our doors and they're here. And yes, we love them. And yes, we care for them. But are we trying? Are we taking advantage of the open doors of the gospel that's there? He was just afraid. He had this fear. We had him for three years. Did we? Did we take all the opportunities that we had to have the effect on that young man's life? You see, what I'm saying is the door of witnessing is one that God opens for all of us. Each and every one of us have that wonderful opportunity to witness to somebody somewhere along the lines. I don't know if that church could have done any more, but I do know this that according to the word of God, the door of the gospel, the door to be able to witness to others is one that the Lord opens. And we need to pray. We're instructed there to pray for that door to be opened and for God to give us utterance, to give us the words to be able to witness to that person, to tell them of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the door of witnessing, the door of worldwide missions. We not long ago had our missions conference. I'm not going to go back and reread all those scriptures. Do you remember all those? Go ye, go ye, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Why do we go that repentance or remission of sins might be preached in his name among all nations? When Jesus said, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And there in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be. When the power of the Holy Ghost, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence. If he's in control of our lives, I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, there won't be any ifs. Ye will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth because that's the ministry of God. And when God is ministering through our lives, we will be witnesses, not just here, yes, in Jerusalem, but also to the uttermost parts of the world. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, first of all, are you willing to go yourself? Are you willing to go wherever God opens the door and sends you to be that witness because you see the real difference in the witnessing that we're doing here 
and the witnessing that's being done in all those places that those missionaries are back there. Just where does God open the door for me? We've got the same gospel. It's the door of the gospel that's going to touch any life anywhere. Where does God want me? Be willing to go yourself. Be willing to give that others may go. Do you remember where that passage started? On the first day of the week, they brought, they were bringing their, their proportional gifts into the church. I made the statement last week. <laughs> you know, you can try to spiritualize it all you want to, but the truth is none of those missionaries back there are going to be supported if there's no church here. God doesn't want us going out and going into businesses and doing this and doing that so that his work can go on. We're not asking the lost people out there in the world to come in and support this church. It's God's people. God's work ought to be important enough that we don't have to be asked. We want to do. Go. Go. Give that others may go. Pray for more to give. Not only that more people to give, but I mean pray that God would give you more. That's what faith promise is all about. God, do through me what I can't do myself. I'd love to do more for missions. I'd love to be able to help more missionaries. But God, I don't have it. Well, pray for God to give it through you and then pray that you won't be selfish and stingy and keep it for yourself when he does. The door. The door is there. God will open those doors. Go yourself. Give that others may go. Pray for more to give. Pray for more to go. He told us to lift up our eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he send forth more laborers. We need to be praying. The need is great. We need to be willing to go ourselves. We need to be praying for God to call others and that they would be willing to go. And we need to pray for those that do go, wherever God sends them. Don't send them out there and forget about them. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying there are many doors. You can sit back and just wait for your trip out if you want to, but God opens the door of salvation to you. And then after you walk through that door of salvation, he opens the door of service for every child of God. Some way, somehow, somewhere, God wants you involved in witnessing. He wants you involved in worldwide missions. He's opened those doors before you. Look with me, if you would, into the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. You see, not only this door of service do we see witnessing in worldwide missions. Can I say to you very simply, it's a way of life, folks. It's a way of life. Are you spiritually oriented or are you materially oriented? Are you more concerned about what you're doing with your time here for you that satisfies you, that makes you happy, that makes you do this? Luke chapter 12, God addresses this. And I'm saying that many times we can just go shoving through the doors that we want to go through because there's something there that we want. It gives us access to whatever it might be. But God asks us to go through a different door with our life. Not to go through searching for all these material things, but he tells us to seek first his kingdom. He'll take care of all those things. 
Here in Luke chapter 12, notice what he says beginning in verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed, and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. God said unto him, Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall all those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, Neither be ye of doubtful mind, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have and give alms. Provide for yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, we will enter through many, many doors in this life. But what I'm saying to you, is the doors that the Lord opens before you. What he's saying here, don't be going through all those doors that's just for your sake and your buildup and your kingdom here on this earth. Go through those doors that I set before you. Build up that where nobody can take it from you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you believe him or not? Are you going to busy yourself doing the things that he's promised to do for you when he said, here's an open door that I've set before you? How about you entering through this door? 
seeking my kingdom first, seeking spiritual things first, and trust me to help you in providing for those others. Doors of service, witness, worldwide missions, the way of life every day that we live. Fourthly, can I just say whatever and wherever. Where would God have you? What does God want you to do? God wants you to do something all too often. There are those that feel that there's nothing for them to do or that they're not good enough to do this or to do that. There's always something for you. There's always doors that you can serve. There are so many ways that God has put before us an open door as a church. There's so many other ways that we could minister in our community, that we could pray for God to open those doors of the gospel, that we might be able to utter the words that need to be uttered to give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say without being nasty or mean, (laughs) the problem is sometimes we just don't have time because we've got too many things that are more important to us than all those lost souls out there. Too many things that we're going to spend our time doing. God has given us some choices, some doors that we can, can go through. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4, Verse 10, he said, As every man hath received the gift. What does that word every mean? Every man that has received, and literally when it says the gift there, it's talking about any gift that God has given you, okay? As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. One gift that if you've gone through the door of salvation, God has given to every one of you is the gift of life, the gift of salvation itself, the gift of the Holy Spirit that lives within you, the gift of the fruits of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit themselves. God says, use what he's given you to minister to others. Everybody has some gift. We sang that a while ago. Okay, there are some that maybe could not go to a mission field somewhere. But you know that that person that's on their knees praying for them is just as important as the person that's out there doing it. The important thing is being where God wants you to be, not doing what somebody else is doing, but what does God want you to do? You see, I believe that part of the message there that the Lord's getting to us is part of what we sing about a while ago. One preacher said one time that service is the language of grace. (laughs) Service is the language of grace. I read the story of a couple of church members that, again, they were looking for a way to serve God, and times were bad. And they were out literally just distributing loaves of bread in a very low-income housing area. And they came up to this door, and on the other side of that door, they could hear the arguing coming through. They went ahead and they knocked on the door anyway. A man opened the door, and 
You know, just what do you want? Not over nasty, not over nice. And this couple from the church said, well, really, we don't want anything. We just wondered if you or if you knew of anyone that, that might need a loaf of bread. <laughs> Why are you doing that? The man asked. Well, just to let people know that, that God loves them. What did you say? <laughs> We're just handing out loaves of bread to let people know that, that God loves them. We believe that's what he wants us to do. Man looked at me. He said, he said I, I can't believe this. He said, my wife and I just buried our three-week-old son yesterday. And today, here you are at my door, knocking on my door, telling me that you want to share the love of God. Well, they offered to pray with them, and this couple accepted their offer. As they were leaving and the door was being closed, they said they overheard that husband saying to his wife, See, honey, I told you God cares. We thought he wasn't paying any attention to us, but he sent those people by here just to knock on our door, just to remind us that he really does care. You see, folks, there are too many excuses about why we can't do something, about why we can't do this and can't do that. Well, you know, there's a lot of things. You know, you have gifts of some kind. It might be baking a cake for somebody. It might be taking some food to somebody. It might be cutting someone's grass that's not physically able to do it. It might be giving someone that, that encouraging word when they really do it. It might mean going around and doing housework for somebody that is not able to, doing handiwork, donating something that you know that they need that you don't, smiling at someone, taking an interest in somebody else's life instead of what I need to get done today. What am I saying? I'm saying the ways, the doors of service that God gives us are so many. And probably most, just like me, we waste too many of them. <laughs> we pass too many of them by. And sometimes we're looking for the big, grandiose, when it's the small things that'll be the biggest. I can remember, I can remember <laughs> many years ago now, probably 30 plus years ago, I remember going to help a preacher friend in Canada was there about a month ministering for them, preaching for them. We did a lot of door-to-door -door work and all of that. And, and there was one young man there that, uh, there were several I could tell you about, but there was one young man there that, that uh, got saved that I'll never, ever forget what he said when he'd been raised in a, in a Catholic home and he had a lot of religion in his life. But, you know, life was just really, really, Falling at him. He was in his early to mid 20s. And uh, one day, somebody came knocking on his door. And it just happened to be Christians that were passing out tracts, that were there to talk, to give that. 
just before that Brother Mike went knocking on that door, this young man had been on his knees before his couch in there praying, God, you know, God, I need help. God, I need direction. I need something. My life is just not going anywhere. That knock came on the door. And of course, as he went and opened that door, and here's this Christian that's just out because they love God, that's just wanting to tell him about how much the Lord loves him. In the end, this young man did get saved. In the end, his, all of his family completely disowned him, wanted nothing to do with him because he'd left their faith. But the truth is, is that God took and used and turned his life around, saying God can open a lot of doors, and we don't know what's behind those doors. And sometimes, sometimes when we don't see and we just don't understand and we don't know why God is doing things the way that he's doing them, he's there. Joshua challenged his people in Joshua 24, 15, when he said, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And of course, at the end of that verse, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So today, that door, that door of service is there for all of us. It may be to go off out there somewhere, but I'm saying God is opening doors every day of our life, and sometimes we're just going through them. We're walking past them. We're not even paying attention. We need to go through the door of salvation for sure, but then we need to look for the door of service. God does want to use you. Little is much when God is in it. God can take and do as long as it's the door he's opening for you. He will open a door for you. And if you'll go through that door, God can do great things in lives. And of course, in the end, it's for his glory that we want it all accomplished anyway. So I want to leave you with those thoughts this morning and we'll come back and we'll look at some more doors this evening, God willing. But this today, have you gone through the door of salvation? Have you entered that door that is Jesus Christ alone? That's a door that no one can enter for you. You must enter yourself. Christian, what are you doing with your life? You know, you can just sit there and wait for the Lord to come back. But I'm saying that God is opening many doors, and just as with the Apostle Paul, it's him that can open those great and effectual doors before us. It's him that can open those doors that no man can shut. And I believe he's opened some doors before you today. But are those the doors you're seeking guidance to go through instead of your own? Life is so much sweeter. Oh, yes, don't forget. And we'll look at that in more detail probably some this evening. When you go through those doors, just as Paul, there are some adversaries. It doesn't mean that life is going to be a bed of roses. I'm saying, but you can have a life that's worth something, that amounts to something, that counts for something, something that'll last for eternity instead of just in this temporal life down here. 